We're live. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome to episode number 54 of Messy Mondays podcast. Yes. Welcome back. Um, where were you on last week? I can't Like the weeks are a blur when the holidays start. So yeah, we had, our, we had your colorful Washingtonian ex-Miamian. Yes. Pretty in pigment. Still my favorite page to go see. Even on the weekend, she was out like out in the rain and out in the forest. A beautiful yellow trench coat. <laughs> I did see that. I saw that on her story, and she had like a colorful umbrella with the rain boots. I thought it was really cool. The whole nine. So shout outs to her always finding color in the middle of this rain and season in Seattle. So that was a great conversation too. It was. She was a really easy person to speak to. I love guests like that, that are just like flowy. Mm-hmm. Versus people who are like, I'm going to just answer you with one word. You're like, no, sir, you're supposed to speak. <laughs> so it's like, it's really cool to have people that are not, that are genuine about their craft and that it's easy to have a conversation. So that's really cool. Make sure to check her out, guys, at Pretty in Pigment. That is her IG handle as well as the name of her uh, website. Uh, read her blog, follow her. She was an awesome guest. She was a fellow Latina, so support Latinas. And uh, really good spirit, good energy. And hopefully when her and Marley go thrift shopping, they'll share some of those behind the scenes pics on their stories too. Oh, of course. And not even to mention that she posted on her story, she got a package called Cuban Mommy. I loved it, yes. And I texted her and I was like, do they make that in Dominican style? Because... The Lord Jesus knows I can use some stuff. And it was it's a really good idea. Can you it's imagine? Really because I heard of people who have like soul food restaurants in like Asia or like Alaska or like things like that because they know that like military guys are out there and stuff like that. So they just miss American food. They miss traditional food from their culture. And I'm and I would think that it would be ideal to be able to ship stuff to people in different parts of the world. And if there isn't one yet, maybe we should cut this out of the podcast because we could possibly be millionaires right now. Because at the end of the day, like, no, people just want access. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's really all it comes down to. It definitely is. But like, she had the candies in there and just like the simplest thing of just having the sweet that reminds you of home is like the most amazing blessing that you can get some days. You know what I mean? Like, especially during the holiday season to have that little candy and you're just like, oh, I know where we are right now, what my family's doing. Like, I, it puts you in that place. So that's really awesome. And great idea and packaging. Shout outs to whoever made that. And we'll think of the other cultures that can be possible. Right. Or even like sending out, for those of you who are Puerto Rican, sending out coquito to people is awesome. Because I don't know one person that has tried coquito that doesn't like it. That's like, true. once they try it, they're like, yo, this shit is fire. So it's like, Shout out to the Puerto Ricans who who really are holding down that amazing f- drink that every time Christmas season is coming, I'm like, yo, I want some coquito. Like, I'm excited. <laughs> so it's like, you know, if you guys can find a way to ship that to, like, Latinos throughout the United States, I, I know I'm going to order it. That's very cool. I'll be the first one, too, because I tried making it, and it didn't work out for me. My it's not the same. It's not the same. It has to be, like, that real Puerto Rican. And, like... A real rum and like all these, there's just all these pieces to it that are, or like a grandma, someone's abuelita has to make it to be right. Right. Or like a patel en hoja that Puerto Ricans make as well. It's very good. It's like, um, it's, ma- it's literally wrapped in a plantain uh, leaf. Mm-hmm. And on the inside, it's made with plantains and meat of some kind. I can't recall right now because I've never made one. I, I heard it was so many steps that I never tried. But it's it's really good. I eat it with ketchup because that's how we eat it. But (laughs) you cut it up and it's like just like something that if you see it and you're not Latino, you're gonna be like, that's disgusting looking. What is that? But like for us, it's like it's a nice holiday thing. So it's like it it reminds you of like holidays for sure. And shout outs to my parents for trying to figure out how they're gonna get me some over here when they come and visit. Oh my god. So when are the parentals arriving? Rentals arrive the 27th or 20-something of December, and they're here through about, I know the 28th of December, and then heading out to see my sister, Um, and I'm a little nervous. I have some things to pick up and clean up and fix up around the house. Cause you know, your mother comes around and gets a little duster kind of feel or like, it's, oh, how cute. And she's never been here. So I'm ready for the, mm, 
It's not regular cleaning when mom comes over. Like, it's not regular cleaning. It's like real intense cleaning. It's like, yo, I got to clean the windows. Okay. <laughs> like this the window, yo, I, so I decided I'm going to hire someone to clean, like a deep clean. Because it comes to the extent that where I know I can do it, but there's like these little things that you just don't really care to do or don't do. And sometimes they're a little icky and it's just like, let somebody else handle it. If you can uh, uh, have someone else else handle it, just let them handle it. Girl, you bougie, okay? (laughs) The point is, you're going to pay $75 to have somebody clean your house. (laughs) That's all that means. Like deep in there, clean the windowsill, the little, what's the the borders called? The wall borders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yes. Right. So all that shit got to be done. Or like, you know how, you see, for example, perfect. You see these closets right here? Oh, in between. Right. So like, I have to like sweep that out sometimes. And I'm feeling to myself like, that's way too much. Like, it's like, I need someone to come and do that. Like, you know what I mean? So I I hear you. I hear you. In between that shutters. Oh, that's just. Mm -hmm. So I did save my lovely $75. (laughs) A team of women or whomever or men, whatever. And they can have. She is older and Latina. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stereotype the shit out of this. They clean the best. I feel like no one cleans like an older woman that is Latina. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's very true. So I'm excited for that. I've saved. I worked hard. But yes, holidays are coming. Parents are coming. First time out here. They don't like the cold. She or my mother doesn't like the cold. My dad is down for whatever. So that's going to be intriguing and interesting. I will fill you up on that when that we come around. Um, but how was your, you know, we just passed the holiday. How was your Thanksgiving? Um, my Thanksgiving was really lovely. Um, I was able to go up to my mom's. Uh, she recently got a new place. So it was nice. You know how when there's like a new dining room table, a new kitchen and all that. So that's nice. So uh, we spent it with mom. Um, it was intimate. We had some of my mom's friends come through, and a couple of couples were there. It was a good conversation. It felt it felt good to like just um, not stress over the holiday, and like I'm kind of just taking advantage of the fact that I'm not the main host mm-hmm. yet, and I know that that's gonna come eventually. But it's like it's a lot of pressure to be the one that cooks the turkey, that makes the moro. That makes, you know, that the kid, the house has to be super clean and making sure that everybody's happy and snacks and this on the phone. So it's like for now, I just looked at it like this might be my last year, like not getting away with not having to like really cook. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I feel like it's coming, that it's going to be like my house and it's going to be my hosting. So I decided to just like enjoy the fact that I'm not the primary cook. Like, of course, I brought sides and whatever, but it's not the same as like making the main dish, which is turkey. Or the pelni, you know, like you don't want to fuck that up. You don't want to fuck that up. Like that is stressful. Like the main dishes is just, is the, the stressful point of it all. And then having to cook and clean at the same time, like having a clean space while you're cooking and all this stuff. And people, it's about a week preparation for Thanksgiving dinner, minimum, minimum, because you have to buy whatever's missing right? Some type of a serving dish of some kind. You have to make sure to do the real serious cleaning. And then you also have to make sure to like create an ambiance and like have a candle to like, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, at, at least the type of moms that we have, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, that we, they really make the experience pleasant. Which gives us those traditional memorable Thanksgivings and holiday celebrations, which is why I ask people like, how do I dress before I go to your Thanksgiving? Like you ask like these questions, like, because we see it, like we know, I know you know, you dress from head to toe and you're, you buy a new dress or new outfit to go out there. So, you know, clean at least, at least look clean. You have to look clean and like, look like you cared and you just roll out of bed. Like, you should care and be clean. Pictures are going to be taken. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's like a founding moment. Yeah, for sure. So you guys, so you guys had a small intimate one. Do you think next year for sure it's going to be your turn? Like your mom's going to be like, I think it's going to be my turn because I kind of feel like I want to take it off for her. I felt a little bad for her because I'm like, she did so much. And I was just like, it's time for her to kind of be a guest. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm already 
definitely an adult. So it's like, I really feel like I want to do that for her to kind of let her chill. That's one of the reasons. And number two, like I've, my cooking skills have gotten so much better than when I was younger, because now, you know, number one, I, you know, I'm in a relationship, so you can't be lazy. Like you got to cook sometimes. And I'm not saying that because I'm some type of an oppressed woman. It's just that I feel like when you live with someone, you should provide food for them if you're going to cook and you don't, you're, you're not going to like cook some shit that tastes bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you want to cook well. So that does help. And then also like, there's some type of pride to it too, that it's like you, you enjoy making something that people enjoy eating. And you know, when you live on a, on a, on a, on a budget, which I'm very proud to say, I don't say that in, in an embarrassed way. I say it in a way of being a mature person. Like you have to budget your life. You can't just go to restaurants seven times a week and like, just, oh, today I feel like having Carabas. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to understand that life isn't like that. And it took maturity for me to kind of stop blowing money on food. Cause I was literally like blowing <laughs> money <laughs> on food. <laughs> you trust me. See what I'm saying? So it's just part of maturity. So it's, I guess it's kind of like a growth thing within myself. I mean, like it's kind of adulting, you know what I mean? Yeah, when you when you have kids, like you start cooking ASAP. But since I don't have kids, like you kind of like can ride this wave a little longer. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like I feel like it's just part of growing up, and I just want to do it, and like I want to give that gift to my mom, and I and I I like the domestic role. I like to cook and stuff like that. Like I've always been like that. Like I'm one of those people that I, I invite my friends over and I make dinner. Like I'm one of those people. So like I would like to do it on a on a day that matters. You know what I mean? So that'd be cool. Um, another thing that I can say is that I also learned, I know this is bad, but since this is Messy Mondays, <laughs> Go ahead. You like dinners with other people and you see how dysfunctional they come across. You're like, oh, well now. <laughs> you relationship. Like, it's just like so weird. Dysfunctional in the sense of like, the how like how they kind of interact with others or how they present like dysfunctional just all across i don't think you should ever belittle your partner in public maybe i'm a little old school but i feel like that shouldn't happen i think that you should control yourself and save that conversation for the car you know what i mean like don't sit here and like belittle someone in front of everyone like that shit is not okay. And I witnessed that. And I was just like, Yeah, that's not nice for those things. There's a time and place for things like that. But. And you speak about maturity, that sometimes that comes with maturity of when to handle or how to manage things. Because if you think of yourself 10, 15 years back, true. We might have almost done, you know what I mean? We might have almost done the same thing, but. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a tough one. Yeah. And I think for me, things like that are like embarrassing, and I get embarrassed for the person who's being embarrassed. Like, yeah. like, oh no, we can we can like that. So, oh, that's like, yeah, right. And it's a terrible feeling when you're embarrassed for a person in front of you. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, you just feel like, oh, I want to hide for you. Like, this is not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I myself. Um, was still here in Washington, um, which is like my second Thanksgiving here. And it's been a little bit tough to kind of, last year, it was just easier for me to stay out here this year as well. But this year I was adopted by a great friend, which is wonderful. Um, and she, you know, adopted me and brought me along to her family's Thanksgiving, which was like a nice quaint about, uh, 10 people, maybe including myself, maybe 12. So it was really nice. I've never met these people before. I've only knew my friend and her and her boyfriend. Um, but they were super sweet and opened the doors for me and I appreciated it. Beautiful home. Uh dinner was very interesting because she and I appreciate my friend. My friend is very culturally aware of certain things and people and very open. So she did ask, like, you know, what's a dish that you can't live without or like what's a dish you have to have for Thanksgiving? So I appreciated that. I told her sweet. Yeah. I told her nothing, and then I told her I'd make it myself if anything. <laughs> and you say about being mature and cooking more and things like that and learning these recipes. For me, I was like, what's the one thing during Thanksgiving? Obviously, Benin is one, but I'm not going to make that. Nobody yeah, else. That's, work. <laughs> that's hours. Yeah. Hours of your day. Um, and so I was like, okay. 
I can make a Dominican style potato salad, which I love. I love it. Was it the Rusa one with purple or no? Okay. The one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Life. And my other option was to make a pastelon because I originally wanted to make pasteles, but we don't have the dough out here, which is a lot of work also. And I made a pastelon. So I found yellow plantains and, you know, I made la carne salad. Like I made everything. That shit was so dry. <laughs> Really? Why? What happened? Why did you go wrong? Put enough, like I don't, my meat didn't have enough, like a sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moisture, and then lo platanos. I didn't like. I didn't mash them enough, so it's still a little yeah. bit chunky. So I still had to figure it out, and I don't have a masher. So things are really adult. I don't have a masher here because you know, real because I I like turkey, um, ground turkey more than I like ground beef. However, that specific dish you ground. have to make it with ground beef because of the grease and the grease. You know, yeah, yeah. I use ground beef and then originally you're supposed to fry the plantains, but nobody has time for frying that. So I did the mashed ones instead, put a shit ton of cheese in between, in the middle, underneath, around, on top. And you know, people love cheese. I love cheese. Um, and it still worked out great because the dish was all gone. So I, this family's never really had plantains on a regular. I mean, it was like a platano lasagna and... Yeah, yeah. Awesome. a platano lasagna. But like, because I know it's not right. I was like, I'm just gonna have a piece. Like, were they were they um, Caucasian Americans? No, Black okay. Americans. Okay. So the uh, and they're like, um, I I know that her family comes from like parts of like Louisiana, mostly Washington, Texas. So really cool. The potato salad, I kept it for myself to treat. For <laughs> which is great because you know you need those Thanksgiving leftovers. That's the best part that was fantastic to, to feel like it was a leftover because I had it in the refrigerator. Anyways, her uncle made, you're gonna laugh, her uncle made bacon wrapped rabbit. Yikes. You ever had rabbit before? I don't think I've had rabbit. And if I did, they didn't tell me it was rabbit. <laughs> Dominican parents hide everything when you're eating. Yeah. Uh -huh. No, this was, I didn't eat it this time, but I've had it before. So it was like a unique kind of thing, but everything else was delicious. Um, and everyone was sweet and grateful and they ate my plantains. So I appreciated it. There was a moment in the evening where it got a little bit awkward because it's not my space and a conversation arise where it seemed more family oriented and not a part of my opinion should be involved, but I talk and I have conversations. So I didn't know how to handle or how to place myself in that moment. Do you what know what I mean? Subject matter though. Subject matter was in regards to um, a family member who culturally identifies in one way, right? And their, their name is, a, is the name that they're given, but the name is not the most traditional name for us. So the family's having a discussion in regards of traditional names. And as that, name should be changed to a more traditional Americanized name. And so that becomes a little bit more like, it's a great conversation, right? Because you start having this conversation about what does traditional mean to one person and what it means to another. And then it gets a little bit deeper because then there's reasons and purposes about this name and this thing and whatever. So I found it awkward where it became a little bit of a more of a conversation, like a family related conversation. Does that make sense? I guess. I mean, just, I mean, of course we're not going to go a hundred percent deep into it. So was it like if for layman's terms, um, the name wasn't ethnic enough and it should be more ethnic. Yeah. And then that expanded into something else. It expanded into something else. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I mean, I think it's weird when, um, especially when you have friends that you're close to eventually you witness things that are just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have been here for this conversation. But it's part of being close friends, you know? Yeah. It's like the first time you got smacked in the face in front of your homegirl. <laughs> we all have those memories, not just you. Straight up. My mother smacked the shit out of me in front of my friends. So it's like it happens, you know? And it's like, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's a bonding moment in a sense. So you bonded with your friend, you know what I mean? Yeah, but then like you don't want to like say something to offend anybody, especially because it's not your own ethnic background, and sometimes you have to tread lightly. Like yeah. even though you are of a minority background, 
you you kind of also understand where it's not your place to say certain things. Yeah, well, it's not even that. Like even even just the basis of it. Like a part of me was like, do I chime in because we're having this in a circle and I'm in the circle. You know what I mean? And then like it's a part of how do you walk away from a conversation you shouldn't be in? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like when moments are like you said, you saw your friend being disrespected or a person you know just being kind of just like and it's embarrassing to you. For for me, it was just an awkward like I'm saying too much. Like I'm gonna back up. Or y'all are having this big discussion that could lead to bigger discussions and is a real family matter. Or not necessarily, you know, for some it's a family matter, for some it's not, but it's a discussion that's between family members, right? And so I'm just kind of in a situation where I'm trying to be friendly, trying to be respectful of a home at the same time and trying not to be involved in the matter. Because I've heard horror stories of Thanksgiving. Just saying. I know, I mean, it's like, what about if you're like in the car with like a couple and like they start dirty like airing out their laundry in front of you like you're in a car you know what i'm saying it's like yikes like <laughs> there's nowhere i can like, go and y'all are really doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i have a good video on instagram for that i'll repost that one later that's a funny one yeah. but yeah like that's it's it's weird and what do you like in that moment per se like your a relationship is happening do you chime in to stop them or do you walk away and like i'm gonna let you guys handle this um, I've had uh, the fortunate experience of having the same friends for a long time. I've had, I have I have like a group of friends that I've known for a very long time, and like I've seen them go through good exes and bad exes, you know. And when that happens, you sometimes are there for some of the arguments, and you are sometimes there for some of the insults. It it just happens, you know, from hanging out or whatever the case is. What I've learned is that it's best to stay out of it unless something's out of control. Like if something's starting to get out of control, like it's okay for you to be like, yo, guys, I think y'all need to chill. You know what I'm saying? Like just wait a second or maybe I should leave because it can escalate to a point where if that, think about it like this, if that person was comfortable enough to get to that point in front of you is because they already are in another space mentally. You know what I mean? So it's like that can just like become this whole other shit. So it's like I just, without having to put anybody's business out there, like I've been in relationship drama situations because my friends weren't with the right people. You know what I mean? Because then that created this toxic shit. But like now that I see a lot of my friends in better, healthy relationships, this type of thing doesn't happen anymore. You know what I mean? But back in the day with those trials and tribulations, yeah, you saw some fights that were like and then you, you know god forbid that person says something that other people aren't supposed to hear like really airing out some dirty laundry that was just out of bounds out of line you know really gut-wrenching kind of stuff and you're in the middle and stuck in that situation yeah some people don't fight fair that has that's what that is like that's dirty blows like you should not have to pull out like the dirty shit to win your argument. That means you don't know how to fucking articulate. That's like a personal pet peeve I have of mine. Like if we're having a fucking argument and we're, we're, we're going back and forth and we're doing our thing and yes, I'm a great debater. So I may not be the easiest person to have an argument with, but you don't have to pull out some shit that ain't got nothing to do with this just to hurt my feelings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And feelings and things like that. When it's just an argument, it's a discussion. It's something that can be handled with just the pure words and information and knowledge that you have in regards to something and bringing out people, things that have no reference and no relation to it is unnecessary. So that's very true. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And another like friendships have awkward situations. Like I've never, I've been in circumstances where with friends, I've had these awkward conversations, especially like when you're telling someone something about maybe their significant other or, or maybe when you're like just yeah mostly the significant others is usually the ones that just come to mind and those are awkward and difficult as well and sometimes you learn your lesson not to mention anything again about those right is that like that's like that like how and even like sending it in a text message call making a phone call telling it in person all points can make it very difficult and very awkward 
But sometimes you just gotta let it go and say it or let it go and not care about it anymore. It's not your it's not your battle to fight, you know? And that's that's difficult when you care about somebody. And it's an awkward position to be in. Like when you see a person, it, it, I think it all comes down to the fact that it's like you believe in that person's worth because you love them. Mm-hmm. So you see them in the best light possible. It's just like you can see just as a woman, you can you can identify something beautiful about every one of your female friends. Mm-hmm. Even though she may not traditionally be the most beautiful person for whatever standards you may have, you, when you care about a, another woman, you see the beauty in her somehow. You're like, you know what? She has great eyelashes. <laughs> she... <laughs> Ladies, if your friend is telling you, you have beautiful eyelashes and that's it, compliment you, or that's how she describes you to another man, they're a, a, that's an awkward conversation to have. Yeah, but the point is that women, we can see beauty in the people that we care about. That's the point. You know what I mean? So it's like that translates into also seeing the worth into people that we love. So it's like when you see that your friend's worth is not being valued, it's difficult to just sit back and act like I'm okay with this because we're fixer uppers. Women are problem solvers. That's our nature. Like we always feel like, oh, how can I fix this? How can I help? How can I make this better? So it's like when you see your friend like, not necessarily helping themselves, it kind of makes you feel like I should step in and maybe I should say something. But with time, you realize you really, it's not your battle to fight. It's not. That's what, that's when you definitely have to take those step backs and let others see it for themselves sometimes and see it in light for their own. Um, what are your thoughts on like on a, awkward conversations when it comes to professionalism? Well, those are difficult, and I know what I don't like to talk about. <laughs> super, super uncomfortable. I would feel, especially when like you have to kind of tell a person that you can no longer work with them, or like, for example, this is I can this is how I can relate it in our world, in our world of like hustle and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You know how like maybe you have a friend that does like I don't know uh, photography, right? And that's your friend. But you don't think that their quality level is where you need it to be. So it's like, that's an awkward moment where it's like, I'm going to definitely pay somebody else instead of paying you. Like, it's like a weird thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's awkward. And I'm just put, I'm just saying that so that you guys who are listening, because I know a lot of people that listen to us are like on the same wave that we're on. You know what that feels like. It's like you have the homie that does that, but it's like, I don't want to hire the homie because the homie is not going to deliver. <laughs> it's either, there's a couple things where their work isn't just up to par to what you're looking for, right? That fits your needs yeah. or your wants. Um, they maybe aren't affordable of, of anything also too. Right. That might be another option, another reason. And you don't always want to ask friends for some deals. And that's the most annoying thing when it comes to being a person who does work on the side and different things like that. Like asking for deals is not fair. Um, and then additionally, they may be, yeah, they're probably not at the skill set that they are to make shit happen. And maybe you know their professional, like their professional work. You ever work with a friend and be like, I know I'm not working with you ever again. That's very true. Like our friendship is based on friendship. Like we're not business friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You can so, tell who you have business friendships with and who you can make friendships with, like like who to keep separate. Who you can trust. Like when you do a referral, like I'm nervous to ask people for referrals because I don't know what people think of me. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I and I don't always like being asked for referrals either because not everyone I've actually worked with or they have sketchy resumes that aren't don't fulfill things. You know what I mean? Like there's those aspects of it, a lot to it. I have no problem referring someone to someone because if you satisfy me, I'm one of those people that I'm going to refer you. Like, yeah, this person did a great job. No problem. Because like, if you really do research into how business works and how sales works, the most powerful tool in the world till this day, fuck Instagram, fuck the internet, all that. The most powerful tool in the world is word of mouth, Mm -hmm. period. That's why Yelp blew up. You know what I'm saying? So it's like people like to hear firsthand experience from an individual that experienced it. And that's a real review. We live in that type of society. So even though we have all this technology happening, people go to people that their people go to. 
So it's like if I have a person that I fuck with and I'm like, nah, I, I like this person, I go with it. I'm one of those people that I will share it and I will tell you because I believe that you got to pay it forward. If a person is good at something, then show them the love. You know what I mean? Like I have no problem doing that. But I hear what you're saying. What I won't do is that I won't refer someone just because I know someone who does it. I won't refer them if I don't think it's up to probably like, nah, I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really have a contact for that. But word of mouth is still very powerful. So if you have a homie out there, ladies and gentlemen, that's like on point, refer your friend because that's how your friend is going to blow up. Yeah. And most referrals happen organically when a friend's like, hey, I see this job that I know that you would be great for or my company's hiring. You know, I think you should look into it. Or here's this project I think you'd be great for. Like, I've had those, and I've done those for a lot of people, too. Even when I just, I'm one of those friends who randomly, if I see a job, and I know it's not for me, I'll literally take that link and just email it straight to a friend. Like, I'm that person. Like, just take an email and send it off. Or if someone posts something, like, just send it off. So those kind of things. But professional awkward conversations, I think sometimes you have to be to the point. Right. And I actually read an article on Forbes.com. I'm a big fan of Forbes.com, by the way. I feel like I get a lot of gems from there. And you also get a lot of inspiration. On the vision board for myself. (laughs) There you go. Now, they had a really great article that was called The Ten Commandments of Delivering Bad News. And I thought it was cute because it said the Ten Commandments. And I like to play on on the words and the message behind Mm -hmm. them. But basically, this is just explaining to a person who is coming from a place of of a a managerial standpoint or like a business owner or a person that's overseeing someone, sometimes you have to deliver information that's unfortunate. So the album run through this quickly. It says the 10th commandment is thou shall never surprise. Bad news should never come as a surprise. Failure to warn the leadership or implementing bad news, such as poor sales or loss of a major client, is a cardinal sin. You have to be transparent and tell people what's going on. There's nothing worse than being blindsided. Now, the ninth commitment is thou shalt never delay. Delivering bad news with uh, due speed without unreasonable delay is critically important because then it sounds like you're just avoiding a bad conversation and we're wasting time. The eighth um, commandment is thou shalt never hide the facts. Sometimes people withhold information out of fear or to save face. That shit just ends up biting you in the ass. Um, The seventh commandment is thou shalt always put it in writing. In most organizations, it has become mandatory to keep a detailed record of any meetings or warnings associated with bad news. I feel like that's major key, guys. Major key. Now, the sixth commandment is thou shalt always justify. When delivering bad news, it is critical that you justify, justify, and justify. Bosses and subordinates increasingly have an issue because they want and they expect to even or they even demand the bad news to be delivered with an explanation. Um, Now, the fifth commandment is thou shalt always look for the silver lining. Find positives associated with the bad news. Now, the fourth commandment is thou shalt always bring solutions. When delivering bad news, present solutions or actions to plan to solve the problems that will lead um, to the bad news so that you can recuperate from the bad news. The third commandment is thou shalt always remember your multiple audiences. It often gets overlooked in delivering bad news that there are usually multiple audiences involved. Let that simmer Mm. for a second, guys. Everyone doesn't receive information the same way, and everyone is not a passive or easy employee. You know what I mean? Everyone has a whole different way of reacting to shit. Mm -hmm. Now, the second commandment, thou shalt always follow up and follow through. After the bad news is delivered and solutions are identified, track any progress made in solving the problems that led to the bad news. Now, it says, the first commandment is, thou shalt always treat people with respect and dignity. This commandment, while almost always is emphasized, is not always practiced in organizations. So it's very important to lead with respect. And I'm a huge believer in that because I've had superiors that treat you as if they don't respect you. Mm-hmm. And what that does for me is that I give you a half-ass job oh, yeah. and I kind of have an attitude. <laughs> I, I, 
<laughs> we believe you. <laughs> we believe you, ma'am. <laughs> For me, what's interesting, what you said is like not everyone receives the same the news the same. And so in my recent experience, and those who don't know, I've been laid off recently. It did it in a full room of people. You're talking about 30 professional people in one space. And so although it was not a surprise, but a surprise at the same time, the way it was done was kind of like an unreason, not reason, what's the word? An untraditional kind of format of doing it that I've ever experienced, and this is my first experience with this. But I can definitely tell you not everyone handled it the same because there are people who went further on top of these things, right? Because they didn't have the one-on-one -on -one conversation. They were like, okay, well, then my lawyer will have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with y'all, right? Because they didn't feel like they got all the information. They didn't get everything they were supposed to get. There was no neg negotiation or discussion about this. It was just full blown. And this is a senior person who reacted in that format. So that's under, you know what I mean? Like, just like they, that they didn't feel like they got closure. That's they didn't get closure for it at all. Yeah. And it was just this big occurrence that just happened. And again, part of your 10 commandments, they dropped it just in midair without warning. There was no lead up time. And usually not, not a lot of things do, but this had no lead up time to it. There was no preparedness for this. Um, so that's why it makes it even more difficult when it's um, una you're not unaware, right? right. And it's, it's kind it of a blind like they don't care in a sense. Exactly, because you put in a lot of work and things like that. So all of those commandments do resonate really well with me because I do like to keep track of things. Conversations I write down all the time, baby, all the time. Don't tell me something because I wrote it down from our meeting. And I'm a follow-up person too, especially something that I'm very, very passionate about or really want or deserving of. I'm a, I'll follow up with you and keep track of it myself because I know some people half-ass their own work. When they tell you, oh, we'll give you, let's say if it's a sales thing, let's see if you reach up to 7000 right? $7,000 in sales, we'll give you this bonus. My ass is tracking the sale myself because I'm not going to trust your system and we're going to know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you really no, take it into further. actually a dollar fifty nine off, actually. Yes. <laughs> I got it all. Thank you. <laughs> I hear you. Especially when you make it some commission, you are, you be keeping the numbers. That shit is serious. So I, I I appreciate those, especially on a biz, on a per, on a professional aspect. They really do mean something, and maybe that's something one day with my own business I will print and frame and place somewhere. <laughs> right, and it's important to listen to what your people want. And I've had a really unfortunate experience that I've had a a a, a supervisor, manager, boss, whatever you want to call it, that was not meant to be in that role, and it's mm, like this is you, the worst. Yeah, and you realize to yourself, like, damn, it is really important to have leadership skills, man. Like, it is important. It is more important than your education sometimes. It's more important than, like, your skill level. Like, you need to have leadership skills, and you need to have a way to drive results that come from a place of want. It can't be fear-based. It can't be threatened. It cannot be... Like that shit is not conducive. That shit will crack. And it's like, I'm so grateful for all the experiences that I had, because if I ever have the pleasure of truly leading groups of people, like, trust me, I know what not to do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's, that's facts. Mm -hmm. That's, and that's, that's and that's very true. Leadership is, is as a whole determines a lot of your everyday work, your everyday performance, um, results driven, even if you just want to wake up and go to that job, like your daily just attitude and feelings, leadership has a major, major part of it. And sometimes some of these people end up in places they shouldn't be because of seniority. I've had that happen. The person, the leader's only in that space because of like, because the company kept changing and they weren't going to let them go. So they kept moving them up. So they're making almost a hundred grand doing nothing and don't know how to do it. Sorry, I can go on a rant. But um, or they just have that one key relationship with that one person that keeps and them, yeah. And it's just like you're destroying your fucking company with this human. <laughs> like this person is trash. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it's the most frustrating thing in the world. It's crazy. Super frustrating, but definitely 
some great guidance of how to have these conversations and how things should be done and setting a tone within a space. Right. And definitely great discussion on how to have these awkward conversations. I mean, I enjoyed and loved my Thanksgiving and the conversation was great to be a part of actually, cause it was like intriguing to see everyone else's viewpoints and their thoughts. So I appreciated that, right? Because some of us looked at it like everyone should have a traditional just to make it out in the workplace. And some of us looked at it like, Culturally, like this is it. This is what we have, and you know, if it's if I was to go back to my country or my dad, with, well, the person was born here, but if I was to go back to my father, my aunt, or my uncle's country, I would fit right in. Like it's all these other dynamics and pieces to it. Right. So, it was interesting and a great conversation to have, and I appreciated and a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, and it, it was food for your brain and your belly. Yes. Oh, I like. <laughs> Yeah, those are the best moments. Now, speaking of crucial conversations, now let's think about a crucial conversation of getting over someone cheating on you or deciding I'm going to stay with you after you cheated. Um, as you guys know, for those of you who have followed us at Messy Mondays Podcast on Instagram, um, a messy question was posted today to just hear what you guys thought. And the conversation was about are couples stronger once they've dealt with infidelity and they decided to stay together. Now, the question that we posed was, is it possible to build a stronger and better relationship after someone has cheated? Now, this is an interesting dynamic because normally when you hear of people cheating, you always say, oh, you know what? That's it. It's over, whatever. But we're looking at the other side of the coin, the people who stay together after the infidelity. Does that now mean like you really know this person? You know what I mean? Like mm. now we are really transparent. So we have a few comments. Um, someone really super funny, actually, one of our past guests from the uh, uh, episode where we did our first visual podcast, which was Michelle, who owns the Fierce Fit Bootcamp. Mm -hmm. She said, got me messed up. <laughs> a bunch of claps. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like you will not, I will not be that girl, which is very beautiful, especially she's newly engaged. So totally, I can understand how cheating is not an option. That was really cute. Now, as far as a really interesting response that we got, um, some of the most influential and important couples in my life have relationships and have survived cheating. But having observed up close and deep and permanent scars, that seems that they always open back up and turn into ongoing wounds. None of my own relationships could ever survive cheating. Every couple and situation is unique. And as it will, it depends on the people involved and where they are coming from. But I think the view on cheating is a nullification of trust and everything in the relationship it stands for. Then I don't see how you could survive that. So that's one person's opinion. Um, now, what she's saying is, however, every example of a strong relationship has had cheating in it. And not every, is she saying every? She said everyone that she that has influence in, in her life. Yeah. So relationships that surround her. Um, but does that, so she's saying that those can make people stronger, but the scars are still there. She said, but she sees that the wounds keep on resurfering and there's a, always an issue, but however, they are the most, they're, they're the strongest relationship she's ever seen. So it's kind of like a twofold. And I, and I think that's mm. an interesting comment because to be honest with you, anyone that I've known that has been married, let's say for 40, 50 years, there was a bump in the road. I think, I think any marriage and any relationship that has been a long-term mm -hmm. has a bump in the road, whether it is cheating financially, um, just relationship-wise in general, friendships, those kind of things. I think it always, it's there's always going to be a bump in the road, right? I mean, I'm sure we have been witness to those things ourselves. I don't know, I wouldn't always say that cheating was part of it, part of those bumps. There are other identifiers. Um, but I do see it interesting. I like her metaphor and her her just her wording of those scars are there, right? Like the bullet wounds is always going to be there, right? It's like leaving the shelling when you get shot, leaving it in you because it's always permanently there, but you're continuing on with that relationship for the long haul. And it made you stronger 
because you're gonna avoid those things once again. And maybe the discussion they've had to pass through this is what made them stronger. Because a lot of a lot of cheating when it comes to marriages and relationships, I can see how it can make people stronger. Because the discussion that comes out of that, the fight that comes from that. Or the is, root of what caused that. Or the root of what caused it makes you evolve and stronger from that. Yeah. But, you know, and this is, I'm not trying to shoot myself in the foot at all because I hope I never have to experience being in a marriage and dealing with infidelity. But um, I can understand how you don't want to lose your whole marriage over an indiscretion. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse, but I can understand it. Like, if you've been with a person, let's say, 11 years for whatever reason, and you guys are in a healthy relationship and you are happy and that's your husband and that's your wife and you guys love each other. And you had on your 12th year, a moment, I'm not excusing the behavior, either party that took that action and decided to sleep with someone else. Is that worth losing someone you've known for 12 years? I'm not sure. Like, I'm not saying it's okay, but I can understand why you would like to figure it out. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I I guess as a woman, I can understand where you're coming from, right? Because it's like, because I, we know that most men are very definite in, the, in their choices of when a woman is to, is to cheat, right? We've always heard the men, maybe that's a question we ask, like, why is it that men always are very definite in their choice to leave a woman if she was to be on that other foot? Like, you know, the I'm not sure more modernization, but Ooh. in general, in general, right. I think men are more intolerant to cheating than women are. Than women are. And because women, we have it more in our heart to kind of find a resolution for things. Especially if there's children involved, I can only imagine. Or we're conditioned to believe that men are going to cheat. That could that be too. it too. That too. But like, you would hate to just walk around with your whole entire like marriage just being like, it's going to happen or it's likely to happen. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a poor thought and it's a horrible thought that we'd have to look because we would wish then that men would walk around with that same implementation in their head of like, it's just bound to happen in the 12th, 11th year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not saying it's okay. And no, like, not at all. a lot of people have now changed the makeup of a traditional marriage and they are in a position where they have open seasons or they, you know, they have an open relationship where they, or they bring a third party in from time to time to kind of offset those yearns and wants. Um, I'm not from a swinger community, so I don't really understand that. However, I do know couples that are swingers and that works for them. You know what I mean? So like the makeup of relationships have changed. Um, I just think that it's a very difficult subject. And I think that everyone wants to act as if they're immune to it. However, I think that with time, it's a possibility because we sometimes seek comfort in others mm -hmm. because we're not receiving that comfort from our in partner. Household, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's the root of all the issues, but from reading articles and understanding, it usually comes from a place where the person feels like they're not getting something at home. You know what I mean? And it's not that they don't love their significant other. It just becomes that. And it makes you kind of put things in perspective and understanding like, yo, this shit is mad work. That you have to constantly be feeding this other individual yeah. to avoid these things from happening. Like, how can I blame a woman that has a husband that's constantly at work for 12 hours a day, has her as a housewife, ignores her, goes on business trips all the time, and might have developed a relationship with someone that she met at the gym. I'm not saying it's okay, but what I'm saying is that guys, you gotta pay attention to this. Like yeah. you gotta pay attention to your wife. Like you mm -hmm. leave her alone and you just, you know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like all those factors play a role and I would understand why that husband would say, you know what, let's try to work this out and I'll try to figure this out. And I see why you had an indiscretion. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, I get the adultness to it. The Yeah. It, it, Especially in the long-term relationships that have gone through already their whirlwinds of stuff, you can see how these things can occur and how can it be to that end. And it's really how strong you are to get through it and how determined you are to get through it and how much love there actually is between the both of you. And yeah. my, you know, to push through that. Um, 
and how the future of your family and those kind of things. So I understand. I understand when these choices are made, um, as long as you make the choice with the full intention of moving forward, understanding and becoming stronger from it from the other side. Like I read this article on this, uh, it was, what is it? Psychologytoday.com. Um, pretty good source. They usually have pretty good reads. Mm -hmm. um, and it says one of the articles was titled How Couples Can Survive Cheating and Why They Even Try to Survive Cheating. I thought it was a really good read um, because it kind of shows you the male emotion is usually uh, guilt and like remorse and like shame. Mm -hmm. And the female reaction is normally like escape and like I had no other fondness choice. or something like that. Yeah, like finding like, you know something I mean? else and like finding what she's missing. It's something's a very not there. What triggers either mm -hmm. party? You know what I mean. So it's like that kind of teaches you how to understand your partner. You know what I mean. And it's like, and it's not always about gender roles. Like if let's say you're in a gay relationship, one individual might be a little bit more emotionally in tune than the other. Like you have to look at all those factors. So. What I found that was interesting, men are still leading the way in cheating. 25% <laughs> <laughs> of men in marriages are likely to cheat. 11% of women are likely to cheat. And um, they what we're trying to understand is why infidelity is taking place. So I think that with this new, and I hate to sound like I'm judging, but this new uh, um, fluid labeling of relationships and, and gender oh, fluid roles. sexuality kind of thing yeah yeah fluid gender yeah now that that's being thrown in the mix like how is that going to work when it comes to marriage you know what i'm saying it's like well i think that ties in to people who have open relationships swinger relationships polyamorous relationships um what's the other one where you have multiple wives polygamy uh, Polygamy, like I think that ties in into that same spectrum and that same realm. Like you can. Where, where is the culture where the women have multiple husbands? <laughs> I'm <am> saying. <laughs> I've never seen that, but I think that's where polygamy comes along with it. Because yeah, polygamy is when you're having that with the multiple wives. No, no, that's that's that. Wait, hold on. Polyamorous was the word I'm thinking. Sorry, polyamorous is when. The girl can have more than one boyfriend. And the boyfriend has more than one girlfriend. And that's it. And it doesn't have to be gender specific. And it doesn't have to be gender specific. No. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think gender fluidity flows into, can fall into that spectrum. I'm just saying. I'm just, I feel super old school when I hear We're just out here that. learning. Some days, I'm just out here learning. Some days, <laughs> I have this thing where like, no, no, we're just going to be a traditionalist. Like life is just going to be this one little road of tradition, right? And then you have conversations with people. You're like, okay, I get it. Like, all right, I understand. Like, you know what I mean? You start really like understanding people's livelihoods and why they're things like that. You said, you know, swingers, like you're like, I get it. I understand why. But damn, I'm such a prude and such a traditionalist. Like weird, you know what I mean? Like, you get that in their head. But things happen. <laughs> people happen. Things do happen. And I, and I hate to say this without facts. But one thing I have noticed is there's always one party in the relationship that's more into it than the other. Oh. The other is just like doing it to satisfy the greater good in the relationship. You mean and their relationship itself? Like, yeah, party? like, yeah, yeah. One party is more into the freedom than the other. You know, oh, what the I mean? freedom of the open of the. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant one person is into the relationship more than the other person into the relationship. Because I can spot those from a mile away on Instagram. <laughs> I think that um, I love it how Instagram is the source. I think that it's interesting that I think that it's normal for there to be stages. And I think that there's a stage where one party is more into the other. Mm -hmm. That's I think that's healthy. Like there's high and low seasons. Like it's mm -hmm. very rare when both parties are on a super high season together. And that usually happens early. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. like, once you like got like- Past the honeymoon phase? Yeah. Like there's always going to be a season where yeah. one party is more into it. Very true. The honeymoon, the honeymoon phase is what kills me on Instagram some days. <laughs> but but Just, speaking of infidelity, if we're going to keep it pop culture, we all know 
that Khloe Kardashian decided to stay with Tristan Thompson after he cheated on her multiple times. And they're still together. You know what I'm saying? Like people expected her to be like some type of vigilante against like this whole situation. And I saw the episode and she's giving birth. Like I can only imagine putting myself in the, in her shoes in that circumstance and that to happen. And then I have the father of your child in that space because you're mad at that moment. Right. You're mad at that moment. And then six months down the line, you're back together again, but he missed the birth of his child and he wasn't in the room with you. So like, there's like these, all these pieces. So I understand her choice and her decision, even just, and I can only imagine her having to rewatch that, how annoying that is, but I understand her decision to not, well, the decision to stay, I get it, but I also understand the birthing conversation that they were having in that episode that just aired of him being in that room and still being around and still being part of it. And she was going to save the discussion and the fight for another day. I think, I think, I think it was appropriate for him to be there because mm -hmm. regardless of the circumstances, that's her dad. You know what I'm saying? And she's at you when you, once you, I'm, my opinion is once you become a parent, you got to think of the greater good of your child. You can't mm -hmm. always think of yourself and the greater good for your child is that your child should have a bonding moment with their dad. You can't yeah. be selfish. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's a decision you made once you realized that you were going to create another human. And our parents have sacrificed themselves time and time again. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what parents do. Yeah. So it's like, even though I come from a family of divorce and there's plenty of times that I'm sure when I was younger, my parents didn't want to both be there. You know what I mean? But they stuck it through. And they, they they swallowed that shit. You know what I mean? And they were the both there because, you know, the, the babies get graduating today. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it is what it is. And it's like, that's the sacrifice you make when you have children. So it's like, I understand why she said, I want him to be here while I'm giving birth. Because regardless of what someone puts you through, like, you want your man there. You want him. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you want your like, you don't want to go back in that and be like, he wasn't there and he missed it. Like, that's going to be just as, and then you got to explain to your child, why isn't daddy in any of the birth pictures? Like, there's just all these things that could happen and come from it where you can just coexist in those moments. But right? she chose now to continue her relationship with him and she chose to still be with him and she's choosing to be embarrassed and not give a fuck about that and just do what she believes is right. And I feel like, that's a really tough position to be in. Especially in her position because she's in the limelight of it. And so people continually remind her of it. So I can only imagine that's annoying. Because if it was you and I, and if my significant other cheated on me and everybody and their mother knew, but we go around our group of friends, y'all are just going to be like five months down the line, they're going to be like, okay, he's here. Like, Eventually it's going to just fizzle away. It's all just going to fade away. Y'all not going to sit there and remind me. I remember we were talking about giving low blows and things like that, unless someone does a low blow, those kind of things. But y'all are going to sit there and remind me every day of the situation, no. right? It's not existent to us anymore. It's something we've got over. But in her case, that shit is on her under her feed every day being mentioned, <laughs> right? Is. And he's being booed at a game. <laughs> like, it's a whole different significance. But she's really strong for moving forward with it and not giving a shit what others are saying. I really hope that this works for her. I do too. I do too. I, I, I like I, her. I lost faith in him. You know what I mean? So like, I don't believe in him, especially since when she got with him, he left another chick that was pregnant already. Yeah, his story is a little more. <laughs> the story's mad sticky. You know what I mean? Like the chick was like still pregnant when he was dating Chloe. Yeah. So it's like, that's when you have, you give people ammunition and saying, you know what? How you got him is how you lost him. You know what I mean? So it's like, it is what it is. But I don't know. I really hope that, you know, he's 27. He's pretty young. He's a baby. I didn't he's know he pretty was so young. young. He's pretty young for a person with that much money. You know what I mean? So it's like, that plays a role, a big role. A big part. So I just, I just hope that this guy doesn't like fuck up. That's just my thing. Like, I have no opinion. Do whatever you want. That's your business. But like, I really hope. That this nigga doesn't fuck up. Listen, with that many sisters who are going to come at your neck, <laughs> if you fuck up again, 
I just no. It's just not smart to like do sloppy work with people that are so in the media. Like it's just like sloppy. Like I think the part is is what he the way he even did it is the sloppy part. Like you went to a public like it was just nothing well thought of. And we don't even know. Maybe they were having an argument that day, and he just decided he was going to yeah, be messy. Yeah, but if a girl's grabbing your dick, and you're grabbing your dick at the same time, and you all grabbing the dick. You right? know what's just about to happen I'm when you're grabbing the dick. I'm not going to be okay with that. So yeah. Right now, I don't give a fuck what kind of argument we had. Like, but we know what leads when you're grabbing it and where you're going after. There's no reason for, even if you didn't fuck her, she should not be grabbing your dick. Like, it's just, like, not okay. If it's not clear to you, it's not okay. Like it's not okay. Like no, no one should be. This grabbing is not a me. thing. <laughs> no, like no. So it's like I I feel for her. And shout out to you guys. I hope you guys make it. Uh, True is a cute little chunky chunk, and who looks just like him because you know what wow. they say when you're pregnant, and you hate that father that for that nine months, the babies come out like clones, like they daddies. So True looking like her dad. So you can't say Chloe wasn't mad the whole time. You just can't say Chloe wasn't mad the whole time. She was pissed the whole time. Because he cheated more than once. Honestly, that's really the true story is. That's That's it. Now, speaking of ex-cheaters, Stevie J is now married to Faith Evans, which I don't even know what to tell you about that. I don't want to give an opinion when I don't know enough facts, but I was Neither do I. I was definitely thrown, and I'm like, mm, Stevie J, the same guy that was on Love and Hip Hop, having sex with all kinds of people, and like, literally, apparently they have a history, yeah, literally a womanizer. But apparently, they have like super back history, that like '90s day. Stevie, yeah. by the way, Stevie J wrote a lot of hits. People, let's never forget them songs you jam into that Jodeci. Yeah, one twelve. One twelve. Mm-hmm. Raya. He's a talented guy. He just is a sleaze, apparently, <laughs> based on what TV shows us. And you know, Jocelyn had a comment, and this is just our shade of the day. She actually tweeted, you know, they say one man's garbage is another man's treasure, but we all know he's still garbage. <laughs> that was her opinion <laughs> on her ex, Stevie J. And I think it's funny how all these storylines are just unraveling on Love and Hip Hop because, like, they were supposedly married. Obviously, they were never married mm-hmm. um, because how would he have been able to get married to Faith Evans? And also, we all saw Cardi B recently saying that she never fucked with DJ Self and that that was just a storyline for Love and Hip Hop. So, guys, what is true on Love and Hip Hop? I don't know. Like, there's, I think you can tell by certain scenes when it's real and not real. And I just skipped through the parts that aren't real. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've learned how to navigate through pieces that I'm just going to fast forward my ass right past these scenes and enjoy some and indulge in other parts. Um, Stevie J and Faith Evans, I believe that is the most realist that I guess it could be. If we see Faith Evans, the Faith Evans, on the next season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, then we got a problem. Yeah. Just Please don't go on Love and Hip Hop, Faith Evans. You, you're bigger than that. Alive. <laughs> Keep the legacy alive. Mm-hmm. But Jocelyn, I don't. She's gonna figure out how to bounce back. Is why she's gonna post those too. By the way, <laughs> she is. And Jocelyn and Hernandez, the Puerto Rican princess. You, um, you're you're epic for trash television. And um, hopefully, you'll get back on TV one day and make us laugh because you're funny. Yes. Well. The cleanup, I'm sure, is coming. The rebrand, that mm-hmm. is, I'm sure, is coming. Definitely is. <laughs> All right. Well, and speaking of love and hip hop, we may have something some sweet and in store for you guys regarding love and hip hop because we've been excited lately about some reality trash TV. So keep in tunes and update on that. We'll post it on our Instagram at Messy Mondays Podcast. Messy Monday Podcast. On Instagram is where you find us, as well as on Twitter at Messy Mondays Pod. Any announcements on your end? Um, I would like to say that uh, I'm very much looking forward to our possible additions to discuss some things that have to do with love and hip hop. 
Uh, I also would like to say that I am open to network and connect. If you guys want to do anything, just hit me up at show me underscore ENT. That's S-H-O-M-I underscore E-N-T. Um, also on a more serious note, um, I want to say that love your parents, love your mothers and give them kisses. Uh, I unfortunately had to go to a, uh, a service for a, one of my best friends lost their mom Aww. and it puts things in perspective, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, remember to kiss your mom and love her and say that she's important to you. Oh, that's sweet. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh as for myself, same, if you're looking to connect or um, just network conversations and or even be on the podcast, go ahead and reach out to me at lovemarley, L-U-V Marley underscore on Instagram, as well as on Twitter. You can email me at the Messy Mondays podcast at Gmail um, regarding the show or anything, and I'll connect you with either one of us. Um, and don't forget to subscribe. There's a button below down there somewhere that allows you to subscribe to the show and keep listening. There might be more coming your way. <laughs> yes, guys. Thank you so much for your support and your love. Um, we will be dropping a brand new season in 2019. We'll keep you posted on any changes, revamps, and updates. Thank you so much for allowing us to do the second season, which is coming to a close very soon. And uh, make sure to share, repost, and tell your friends about it. Make sure to watch us, listen to us, and give us the feedback. And it's your girl, Show Me, and your girl, Molly Mar. Thank you for being with us from the beginning. <laughs>